Hey everybody, Merry Christmas and welcome to the Life of an Average Joe podcast. I am your host, Brandon Avera. Happy holidays. I'm super excited. It is Christmas time. I'm back from Detroit. Uh, it was a great trip. Um, to be honest, I wish I was there longer, but we had a great time. And uh, I've got uh, the Muppets Christmas Carol on and I am drinking. What am I drinking right now? What is this? What is this beer? I don't even know what beer it is. It's a Christmas beer. So I do have a Christmas beer. It's not Shiner Cheer, even though that is one of my weaknesses, even though I bashed them. I do like Shiner Cheer. It's not that. But uh, we're, we're here to talk about the Christmas episode, man. This is the Christmas episode. It's that time of year. And although Texas is crazy, and before I left from Michigan, it was like 70 degrees and sunny, and it might not feel like, te- feel like Christmas to some, the lights are up. People are ready, and it's, it's Christmas. So, you know, I, I remember moving here 11 years ago. It's hard to believe that. And I remember, you know, this was such a busy time of year, and it seems to be always a busy time of year. And ironically enough, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day, it seems to be one of those times of year where there's so much added stress, mostly financially because money is almost the root of all evil. There's added stress. You have the added groceries. You're making dinners, making desserts, making special things. You have added cost of family coming in town or traveling, gifts and and just, you know, decorations. Heck, even your water and phone bills go up because you might have people in town and not phone bills, I'm sorry, electric bills for the lights and all that. So there's all these added stresses. But it's always been like one of those things where, for me, when I was working in the service industry and as as a manager working on my bonuses or bartender, it's also been a lot of money. And and, and part of me, even though it was exhausting, always looked forward to working this time of year. I mean, think about it. You've got all these businesses that are doing happy hours. There's almost like a new corporate happy hour every week. So you got all these people coming in from, you know, law firms, banks, um, you know, Toyota would come in, like all these different you know, hospitals, these different happy hours. And typically, for at least a couple hours, everything was on one card. So you got them just, they're happy. It's company card. We're drinking and eating. Then, you know, inevitably those people would stay and, and you'd make more money off them. But you also had family coming in town ready to drink. You had people that had to go see their family, so they were definitely ready to drink. And then you had the college kids coming back ready to drink, and it was just a big party. And people were genuinely, I'm not saying there weren't some some Grinches out there, Scrooges out there, but people were definitely in a good mood overall. And I remember getting a job at Applebee's. I, I hate to admit that, but I got a job at Applebee's when I first moved to Texas, mostly because I wasn't sure if I was gonna stay here or not. I wasn't sure if, if this was going to be the place for me. And I knew I needed money. That's, that's obvious. I wasn't going to live off the money I had. So I got a job at the Little Elm Applebee's on 423 in El Dorado. Now, for the people in Texas and the people that live by me and know me, they understand where that area is. For the people living across the country, I'm just saying this just so you can envision what I'm talking about. It's a little town called Little Elm, and it borders... Frisco. Borders, a lot of towns, but it's Frisco and, and Little Elm. That was the border. 
Little Elm was allowed to stay open till 2 a.m. Frisco was not, as far as bars go. Little Elm had a bar called the Lion's Den. Disgusting place. They had another bar down the street. I don't remember the name of it. It was another disgusting place. I mean, it was further down the street, though, like 10 miles away. And that was it. There was nothing else in Little Elm. So the fact that they were getting an Applebee's that stayed open to 2 a.m. and had dollar beers, people were excited. I knew that I could make fat money there. And so I got the job, and that's exactly what I did. And I remember as holiday season approached, Applebee's was talking to our bar staff as, look, we're going to rotate the bartenders. One of you guys is going to work this holiday. We're going to try to be fair. And I suggested I will work thanks, uh, all the holidays, but I want New Year's Eve off. So they agreed because I had no family here. You know, my family was back in Michigan, and I wasn't looking to fly back in my first year. My, my buddies, you know, all had family. My roommate had family. Like, everybody had family. So I didn't have anybody to do anything with on Christmas or Thanksgiving. So why not work and make money? I'm kind of depressing in one sense, but in the same sense, it was kind of awesome. So I worked on, I got some buzzing in my ear. I'm not sure what that is. Um, <clears throat> I worked the day before Thanksgiving, you know, biggest bar night of the year. I worked Thanksgiving. I worked Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. But I had New Year's Eve off, New Year's Day off, and the two days after it. So four days in a row, I had off with no problems. On Christmas Eve, I made $400. On Christmas Day, I made $500. I made almost $1,000 in two days. Now, I was busy and I actually was sick, but I made a ton of money. And then I had the next four days off. Actually, not only the next four days off, I kind of almost had six or seven days in a row because the way it fell coincided with my normal days off anyway. So it was awesome. I mean, it was great. But subsequently, not since then, I've always had some extra stresses and expenses about money. And this year, I think it's no different. Everybody's suffering. I mean, everybody. I don't have to go down the laundry list of things that have happened that are causing people to financially suffer. And I know from the, my friends still in the service industry just how bad it really is. But I think we got to stop. I think we got to just let that go to the best of our ability. And it's Christmas. And it might not be snow on the ground in Texas. Heck, it might be 80 for all I know on Christmas Day. But it is Christmas. The lights are up. The stores are decorated. People are decorated. The Christmas tree's up. You're wrapping gifts. You're last minute buying gifts. Amazon packages are hitting the doorstep. It is Christmas. It's time to say, screw 2020. Screw the nonsense and let's just embrace what we have. And I wrote about this in one of my blogs, Toy Cars on the Nightstand. And that's what I'm doing. I am diving into Christmas. And it got me to think about some of the cool stuff, you know, as a kid, you remember making your list. You know, you remember writing down things. One of the memories I have of Christmas as a child, and this will tell you how old I am, <clears throat> I believe we were in Chicago. We had some friends of ours that moved out to Chicago, which is great with me because I love that city. Um, and I spent the night there. My parents were friends with their parents. 
So I spent I, I I spent the night there. Um, and we were sleeping, and I didn't know this at the time. My parents snuck out because this was when the video games were dropping. Super Mario Brothers Two was coming out. Super Mario Brothers 2. <laughs> it tells you how old I am. And they were going to Toys R Us at midnight to get this game. And I didn't find this out till later. But they were going to midnight to forget this game. Or to get this game. And they got it. And I didn't know about this story. But they went at midnight to pull the ticket out of, you know, the... the uh, they had aisles there, and they didn't have the games open for fear of stealing, but you had tickets, and if there was tickets in that pouch, you got the game. And they pulled and got it, and I found that out later. It was one of the biggest games at the time. And there was, it reminded me of that, that excitement of waiting to see if you got that special gift, and it didn't always happen. You know, I wanted the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier when I was a kid, before Super Mario Brothers 2, and I never got that. Uh, I wanted the Imperial Walker from Star Wars as a kid. And I never got that. I got it later in life, but not as a kid. And that was okay, but there were always those special things that you didn't know you were going to get. And then all of a sudden you found out. And then as you got older, you heard the stories behind it and the stresses of the, the, of the parents getting that, that toy. And that's cool and exciting. It's not Christmas. It's just part of it. It's the joy. Because I wasn't upset. Look, if I didn't get Mario 2... I'd get it sooner or later. I didn't have to have it the day, it, you know, that Christmas and all my friends had it. I never worried about that. But it was just one of those things that I, that I thought were cool. And I remember, you know, I look back at that and, and, and maybe it's different now. I don't know. Luke's only three. I could give him a box and put a bunch of paper in there with a crayon and that dude would love it. Matter of fact, that dude gets overwhelmed by gifts that I've had to hold gifts back and and you know, from his birthday that are now gonna be his Christmas presents. But I don't know if, if the same excitement of toys, or maybe I'm just out of touch, is the way it was when we were a kid. When you know PlayStation first came out, or G.I. Joe, or, or the Transformers back when they were metal, not when they were, um, you know, not that they're plastic. You know, now they're plastic. They're not metal anymore, you know, or Matchbox cars switched to plastic and now they're back to metal. Or they got both of them. You know, I don't know if that excitement is there anymore. I know it is with technology, phones, computers, you know, laptops, um, you know, the portable games. But I just don't remember like the new action figure that came out or, or My Pet Monster from back in the day or Teddy Ruxpin, which is creepy, but was huge back in the day. Or, or back in the day, not for me, but Cabbage Patch Dolls. When people were fighting over Cabbage Patch Dolls. I don't know if that excitement is there for a lot of people anymore when it comes to toys. It might be. But, but that's one of the things I remembered about Christmas. I remember we used to always rotate which day we'd go over my grandma and papa's house. You know, some years it'd be Christmas Eve. We'd go over my grandma and papa's house for dinner and open gifts. And then we'd have Christmas, you know, at my parents' house. And then either I would see my other grandma that day or they'd come over. And then the next year, it would be Christmas Day. And I always hated it when it was Christmas Day. 
Not that I hated going over there. I loved going over there. I miss that. But I hated it on Christmas Day because I just wanted to stay home. I just wanted to play with my stuff and not do anything and not get dressed and have to look like a human being. I wanted to lounge in my pajamas or put on something relaxing. I didn't want to try to, you know, dress up, so to speak. And when you're little, you had to dress up. Had no, you had to. You just, you know, you had no choice. Your parents put you in outfits you hated or they made you dress up. So I, I didn't like that. But I, I remember going over there and, and walking into the basement and just seeing everybody. You know, we had the, the cousins and, and the uncles and significant others and aunts and who, whatever rotating figures would come in. Of course, we had to sit at the kids' table at the time. And then I remember when we got upgraded to the adult table. And then eventually all of us were at the adult table adult table because there was just a couple babies and at that that dinner table in the basement it looked like the last supper it was like the biggest tables in the world it was like a thousand people there when I was younger you know it just everything just felt so big and glamorous and my grandma and papa's 1960s shag carpet with the tree to match that might have been the first fake Christmas tree ever with Christmas ornaments that Jesus made like I remember those, you know, and it was, it's like it had this, this, this feel to it. It was Christmas. And I think that right now, this year, that's what we need to do. We need to look at that stuff. You know, I've been watching Christmas movies. You know, I just watched Krampus, obviously. I can't watch enough love, actually. I don't care if that is a chick flick movie because I'm pretty sure it's a dude's chick flick movie. Give me my Christmas beer or wine and let me shut off the lights and have my moments of love, actually. Okay? I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. And I love it. But then I got, you know, Mickey's Christmas Carol, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Home Alone. Luke and I have watched Home Alone probably 10 times. Nightmare Before Christmas. Muppets Christmas Carol. You know, what else? I mean, they're endless. Die Hard. Yes, it's a Christmas movie. You know, now Star Wars has a new Christmas special, a holiday special on Disney Plus. I think it, it's a Lego version, but it's on there. You know, it, it's part of it. And yeah, they're cheesy, man. Jingle all the way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, they're cheesy, but that's okay. They're fun. Sometimes you just need to watch a fun movie. Sometimes you don't have to have some epic adventure. I don't need Thanos snapping his fingers on Christmas yet. We'll see what happens that day. But I've been watching it, you know. Drinking my Christmas beers. Great Lakes Brewing up in Ohio. I miss that, you know. Yeah, I drink Shiner, whatever. Don't judge my lifestyle. I don't drink Shiner Bach. I just drink Shiner Cheer. But there's other beers. You know, Tupps has full-grown Nick. You know, it's a stout with some spice, some holiday spice to it. There's a ton of Christmas beers out there. And I think that we just got to embrace it. Take the cheesiness, man. Who cares? Put on Charlie Brown. Take the cheesiness and just embrace it. Wear an ugly sweater and be nice to people. Because that's what we need too. We need to move forward on this. We need to just take Christmas as, look, we've made it this far. You know, we all have our traditions. I don't know what they are. Everybody's got them different. I'll tell you a tradition that sucks, that nobody should ever do. Nobody should ever do this. Elf on a shelf. 
I know it's a more modern tradition, but it is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. So you're going to tell me that you're going to get a doll that comes out once a year. And when your children aren't looking, you're going to move it around and have it do things like make a mess or sit on the counter or, you know, I don't know, lay in the fridge or climb in the Christmas tree or spill the dog food. So your kids think that this elf is secretly moving around at night when they're not looking. So a doll that only comes around once a year is coming up to do mischievous things while your kid's sleeping. That's called Chucky. They made a whole, whole series of, of killer dolls that did that. Do you think that I want to introduce a doll to my house to pretend that he's making a mess for Luke? I gotta be honest with you. I might forget that I'm doing it. Wake up and bury that doll upside down with his head chopped off. That's the stupidest. I see people on Facebook all the time. And if you're a mom out there that does that, I'm sorry. But I'm making fun of you. That's ridiculous. A doll that knocks over Christmas decorations. He'd be grounded. <laughs> Why is he doing that? It's horrible. That's a tradition I can never get by at all. God. I just watched somebody do that on Facebook. I'm not going to tell you their name, but I went to high school with them and they have three kids. So narrow it down. I saw them do that and I'm like, not only is it cheesy and I feel like I want to call you a Karen just because you remind me of Karen, but I'm also terrified, completely terrified. Um, I get mad at my cat when he knocks something over. Why would I want a doll to do that? That comes out once a year. Anyway, that's enough of that. But, you know, who else did that? Gremlins. But anyway, that's a tradition I couldn't get behind. I used to do, you know, I started it in, in down here in, in Texas. I did it for a long time, actually. I used to go to the children's hospital on Christmas, believe it or not, almost every year on Christmas. Um, there was one or two years I think I did Christmas Eve. And I had to go through this class. Um, and get certified. Not certified like, you know, like I'm some nurse or anything. I'm not. But I had to get certified on, on the rules and regulations. And I mean, it was like a big deal. It wasn't just going to drop off toys. And I would bring toys, but I would hang out with these kids. Some of these kids were in the hospital and, and they didn't have families, you know? They didn't have families that would come visit them. Which is, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine a kid on Christmas being alone, and I know they're out there. That's probably one of the most hurtful things that I, I can think of. Um, but I would go to the hospital and play with them, and some of the kids did have their parents, but their parents didn't have a lot of money. I mean, these were sick kids. They weren't. These are not kids that were just like, hey, I got a headache or I got the flu. I mean, these are kids with cancer. These are kids that, that might not make it. And I'll never forget one year I was playing with this, this girl. She had cancer. And we were drawing. I bought these big, like, big, giant, like, ginormous pads of paper. Um, but they were really cool because as you flip them over, I've got a big one for Luke, but these were monsters. They're almost like canvases. As you flipped them over, they had different uh, scenes that you could draw on them. So they would have, like, a picture, and then they would have you step-by-step. It was really cool. And uh, her and I were drawing, and I remember, and I had gloves on. I had to have gloves on. I had to have a mask on, by the way, people who don't wear them. Um, she looked at me, and she said, you know, I'm, 
I gotta, I'm tired. I got to go back to my room. And it broke my heart because this poor kid was sick, you know, and, and she just wanted to have a moment. But I know that I made that moment for her. I never got to, you know, she wasn't there the following year. I'm sure she was better. Uh, I kind of chose never to ask because I don't think I could handle it. But, um, and then, of course, things happen in life and I missed it. And then now I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that again because COVID and, and the, way, the way the world is. But it, was a, it became a tradition of mine. And I remember, I remember having family here from out of town on Christmas when I was married and leaving and going to the hospital for a couple hours. It was just, it was just important. And it's something that I, I think I would always do. One of the things I used to always do, I guess it's not really Christmas related, but always reminded me of this time of year, was I used to do the Big D climb. Uh, I did that every year for, for a while, and that was in Dallas. And, and it started was I was looking for something to do because I really didn't know many people in Dallas. Uh, I, 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 I never, I, I, it wasn't that I was scared to meet people because I have no problem meeting people. If you know me, you know it doesn't bother me. But I wanted something to do to be active. And it, it, the, the big D climb is a huge deal. It usually happens the end of January, and it's for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And I think that's been around for like 13 years. So out of the 13 years, I've done it for 10. No, nine. So I've done it for nine years. And basically, it's 70 stories. It's the tallest building. It's the Bank of America building uh, plaza in Dallas. 70 stories and you raise money and you run up the steps or walk and I loved it and I used to train for it I mean I would train back in the day before it was called Toyota Stadium and it was FC Dallas Stadium well it was Pizza Hut Park then FC Dallas Stadium I used to run the steps on FC Dallas Stadium and then I would go to some high schools and run the steps they didn't really allow me I just snuck in and did it and I would train and then for the entire month of January, I would detox. I wouldn't drink any alcohol, probably because I made up for it during Christmas. And uh, I would train and get in shape to run it. And it was, it was a motivation. First off, it's a great cause. Um, I did it with one, of my, with one of my buddies, actually, who lost his wife uh, to cancer. Um, but it was a great cause. And it was something I could look forward to. It became a tradition. I'd like to get back into that. And I recently looked at that. And they're doing a virtual one this year, which sounds totally lame. So, yeah, I'm not doing that. But hopefully one day we can get back and, and, and do that again. I don't know if my body can take it, though. That's, that's crazy. But I used to just, you know, I just I think about these moments. And I think that we all kind of go back to our childhood or hopefully go back to our childhood. Me being from up north, I miss the snow. You know, I miss the, the cold. It just reminded me of Christmas. But I think you can make Christmas anywhere. I mean, you've got, I've got some good buddies in Florida. They grew up in Florida, and then they moved back to Florida. So snow has never been in their, <laughs> in their plans for Christmas. But I'm sure Christmas to them feels very different than it does to me, even in Texas. But I think you can make Christmas anywhere, and I think that's one thing we got to look at. You know, I don't have the tree that I want. I mean, I'm blessed. It's a six and a half foot tree, and it's got, you know, lights and all that. 
I don't, I don't have as many decorations as I used to. And I want it to be nice, you know, for Luke. But I look at that and I go, you know what? There's some people that don't have a tree at all. And not the ones that are lazy that haven't put it up yet. Just people that don't have it. I had to buy some dollar store decorations. I'm okay to admit this to you guys. And they're cute. Some of them are cute. Because I didn't have any more. I didn't have as many as I used to. But when you walk into my place, you know it's Christmas. Luke knows this is Christmas. He feels it. It feels very festive. And I don't think it matters if you got the biggest tree or the nicest tree. It's what you make out of it. And I think this year more than ever, if you haven't learned to be grateful and humble and appreciative, maybe sometimes embarrassed, but but if you haven't learned something from what has gone on this year, you better learn it now. You know, learn it during Christmas. Whether you're with your family, your loved ones, your your wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, dad, mom, your kids, whatever, by yourself. Learn something from it. You know, I've spent some Christmases by myself. It sucks, you know? Um, you know, I'm a big Sinatra fan, I, I obviously. <laughs> and I think you guys, you know, I've talked about that. But, and I don't like all Christmas music. It's really sometimes just super annoying, especially when they play it like 24 hours a day for the, for the last 17 months. But I love Sinatra and I love Dean and all those guys. That old school classic reminds me of just the good days that I wasn't there for. I listen to Frank and there's, there's two songs in particular that get me around Christmas time. I mean, two that, and it's his versions. It's not, um, it's not just the songs. I mean, the songs themselves have something to do with it, but it's his versions. And I think, you know, the biggest one of them for me is I'll be home for Christmas. You know, I'm not going to sing it because nobody wants to hear my voice. <laughs> nobody, nobody ever wants to do that. But Frank had a way and, and different enunciations um, and the way he would say words and the way he would, you know, emphasize on certain syllables in his songs and his range that really hit home. And it was amazing because I've heard that song multiple times by multiple people. Michael Bublé's awful, so I try not to listen to him. But when you listen to the lyrics, you know, I'll be home for Christmas. You can plan on me. Please have snow and mistletoe and presents by the tree. So then it says, Christmas Eve will find me where the love light gleams. I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. And the song, I mean, like right there, you're sitting here thinking to yourself, Excuse me? I mean, Bing Crosby's done this. Everybody, you know. It's an amazing song, though. But when you know the history of that song, the song was written from the perspective of a soldier who was overseas during World War II. And he's sending notes and letters to his family telling them, that he's coming home for the holiday and this is what he wants as he's coming home. Whether he makes it home or not, it it isn't the story, but that's what it is. So that's sad and depressing. 
But when Frank sings it, it hits, man. You know, because Frank Sinatra was a manic depressive, really. He had a great life and had some good times, but he, he put those people around him to take away from what he was really feeling, that loneliness, that sadness. So him singing that song gets me. Even when my happiest moments, it gets me. And I remember sitting in my apartment by myself one Christmas, years, years ago. Play, and I played Frank. It's Christmas time. I didn't play it to get depressed. I just played it. And it got me. I remember sitting on the patio, drinking wine. I probably played that song like five times. And it got me. And it's always been that way. It's always got me. Even in the midst of some of my happiest Christmas moments, that song comes on and gets me. It just got me the other day. But it's one of my favorite Christmas songs. I mean, again, I don't like every version of it, but I like that version. And then, of course, she's got Have Yourself a, a Merry Little Christmas. Which is nothing wrong with that. It's a great song. But again... Frank Sinatra, the voice that he is, the man that he is, the, the, the talent that he is singing that, man, it gets me. Because it's almost like he's singing it, but he doesn't believe it. Like he's singing that song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Um, from now on, our troubles will be out of sight. It's almost like he's trying to convince himself and the world that he believes those lyrics. And in reality, he doesn't. That's what I gather from it. And that's the vibe I get. And it's a great song, no matter who sings it. But that's another one of my favorites and another one that gets me. Of course, you've got the great songs from Dean, Bing Crosby, David Bowie. We talked about this on Trash Talk. There's all kinds of other ones, you know? Dominic the Donkey. For all my Italians out there, everybody knows, and I know my Novera family out there better be listening to this podcast, talking about Dominic the Donkey. How many times have we played Dominic the Donkey? Now, am I imagining something, or did Grandma and Papa have a, a animatronic donkey that, that, that danced and did that song? Or am I just hoping they did that? I, somebody out there, I'm going to go to Julie on this, my cousin. She, she's, she'll know. She'll remember. Julie, uh, leave a comment. Let me know if there was a Dominic the Donkey or I imagine this. I know there was a Creepy Santa and some other animatronics that were like so old when they'd sing that they, they scared us. But I swear there was a donkey or a donkey came into the picture. And if I made this up, then somebody needs to send me an animatronic Dominic the Donkey. That's all I'm saying. But uh, what are some of your guys' favorite Christmas songs? You know, I mean, and if you don't like them, then find something to like. Put it in, you know, make it part of the tradition. You know, I don't know what some of the new traditions I'm going to do with Luke. I got to come up with something. You know, it's been nice that he's getting older and we're baking cookies and doing things like that. And I don't know if that's going to be a tradition. I'm sure we'll do it. I think watching Home Alone and Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah. You know, especially as he gets older, I can be like, hey, dude, let's make this and let's get this and put our Christmas PJs on and let's watch this movie, you know. But I want to come up with something, you know, and I think that's a start. 
But I think it's important that no matter how much money you have, how much money you don't have, who's around you or who's not around you, that you make something of this time of year. It doesn't matter if you believe in the true meaning of Christmas and why it, why it is here. If you don't, you don't. Who am I to sit there and judge anybody? But the meaning of Christmas beyond that, beyond the church, beyond Jesus, beyond Santa, the love that of all times now, we should come together and help each other. And we are all struggling. We can't sit there and afford to, to waste money on nonsense to try to make people happy. Money's not going to make anybody happy. But just try to put your heart into it and help each other out. Stop being dicks. God, Facebook, social media, you're all a bunch of dicks. Knock it off. And just pull each other and be happy. Look, I don't get along with a lot of people. <laughs> I love a lot of people, though. I just don't get along with a lot of people anymore. I'm old. But I don't want to be mean to anybody anymore, either. And you don't have to get along with somebody to be nice to them. And you don't have to get along with somebody to, to, just, to just be cheerful. You know, maybe you being nice during this time of year will change that person. And it's a, it's, a, it's a childish thought to think that my kindness towards somebody else could melt their heart to make them kind to the next person and we set off a chain reaction. I know that's childish and, and, and beautiful and hallmarky and maybe cheesy, but who cares? That's what this year's about or that's what this time of year's about. Hallmark, childish, cheesy, whatever. So just do it. You know, when you're at the grocery store, a guy sucks and he's taking forever to bag your stuff, whatever. Do you want to be there bagging your stuff? At least he's working. You know, if you're listening to a podcast and you realize this guy's rambling, you know what? At least I'm doing something. <laughs> but I just... I just think that now more than ever this Christmas, you know, this is going to be a Christmas that we remember. I think. It might not be for the great best reasons out there, but could, could be. Could be for some of the best reasons out there if we make it that way. If you're traveling, be safe. If you're not traveling, well, still be safe. But it's a big time. Look at my cat's attacking me right now. Boy, hey, I'm in the studio, kitty cat. Um, but Christmas is, is a special moment. And I look forward to that because when Luke smiles on Christmas, like he has been, when I turned the lights on for the first time and he smiled, that's worth it. He doesn't know that that tree was free, was a hand-me-down. He doesn't know that some of the bulbs on there were from the dollar store. He knows the dollar store. He likes the dollar store because he's a smart kid, probably because he gets a toy. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what dad dad's going through. He might feel it sometimes, but he doesn't know. And you know what? One day he will. But his memories aren't going to be 
man, it was brutal, it was cold, it was tough. His memories are going to be, man, we stayed up, we made some cookies, and we watched Nightmare Before Christmas. Or, man, I put dad, I put, put on new pajamas. Or we flew to Michigan, and, you know, oh, my cousin came in town from California. That's what he's going to remember. That's not going to be the, the cars I got him or the new bike or something like that. He might remember that for a while, but he's going to outgrow those things, but he's not going to outgrow the memories. So we, as we get older, can't outgrow those memories. Make more of them. I don't care who you're with, how much, what you got, what you don't got, make more of it. If you're behind on your mortgage, if you're behind on your bills, if you're behind on your rent, I get it. Make the best out of it because you're together. And if you're not together, then make the best out of your situation, no matter what you got to do. That's a time of year. It's the only way we're going to change this attitude that has been here for 21. This tired, beat down, exhausted attitude that has been here since 2021. It's, or 2020, I'm sorry. This over it, this media blitz of nonsense, this political crap. It's the only way we're going to change it is if we just stop and change it ourselves. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Do it yourself. And that's kind of what I've been doing. That's kind of why I've been thinking back at those moments, you know, at my grandma and papa's house, at my parents' house, with my other grandma, with my friends. You know, my friends and I used to get together back in the day in Michigan and have Christmas dinners and Christmas gift exchanges. You know, and as you grow older, you lose those people. Some of them you lose because you don't like them anymore. Some just because life. Some you lose because of death. So things change, so it's time to make new things. You know, I'm getting together with the guys, hopefully, it's been planned for a month, we'll see. Uh, I got a couple guy friends that we get together once a month, you know. Uh, I, used to, I told you, I used to call it the Gathering of the Fools, now it's uh, just my boys. The Knights of the Bar Top, and we're gonna get beers. We're gonna drink our Christmas beers, we're gonna listen to music, and we're gonna talk and solve the world's problems. And that moment means more than anything to me than going out and spending a ton of money. You know, because we'll stay up till 4 a.m. talking about life and, and, and helping each other out through our problems. And nobody's judging anybody. And they're Republicans, Democrats, they're blacks, they're white, they're 40, they're 20. Now, there's no 20-year-olds, but there's, there's people starting off their life, people that have been married for a long time, some that are just getting married. But we don't care. We're all, we're all in the same boat together. And it's, it's those memories that I, that I think about and that I want to pass on that feeling to Luke. You know, and hopefully one day I'll be able to provide that for him. You know, new traditions. He's never going to have any more brothers and sisters. <laughs> um, you know, he's got the ones he's got. But hopefully my friends and and my family on my side and his mom's side, and you know, that, that'll be plenty for him so that one day he'll look around and realize just how important it is, how Christmas is, and what it really means. And yeah, the gifts under the tree are great. You know, the, the trips to Michigan or wherever are great. But maybe he'll, you know, he'll see it from me just how important those things are. And that's my goal. So, so I wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. I do. Uh, I, I, you know, I wish everybody the best. And I hope that you guys have a great time. I hope you guys, 
continue to support the Life of an Average Joe podcast through this holiday season as I am taking a break. I only got one more podcast till the new year. So, and then uh, it's going to be a couple weeks before we, uh, we, we get back into the studio and do some more stuff. So, um, the studio. Actually, we are going into the studio in January, but we'll talk about that. Um, but I hope you guys have a good one. And uh, I really do thank you and everybody that, I, that I've seen over the past couple weeks which isn't many people. It's been awesome. Uh, I wish I could see more of you guys. Obviously, uh, we're going to get through this nonsense one way or another. And uh, hopefully we'll get back to, to hanging out again. But this Christmas, you know, sit down at 5 o'clock at night and put on a movie. Who cares if the dishes are dirty? Who cares if you got laundry? Who cares if you got to get on your computer and do schoolwork? I don't think you, I think everybody's out of school now, but it doesn't matter. If you got to send another message to your mortgage company and tell them you're late, do that tomorrow. Because you're not the only message out there, I promise. And you know what? Sometimes you have to set your problems aside for the day, for the moment. Doesn't mean you ignore them, but you set them aside. And uh, just embrace it. Things will get better. And it's Christmas. So bust out the wine, the good beer, love actually, and let's do this. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you very much. We will see you, gosh, for our final wrap-up, uh, the end of the year special after the holiday. So, wow, that's insane. All right, we'll see you later, guys. Have a good one. And don't forget to follow the Life of an Average Joe podcast right here on Anchor or anywhere that you listen to your, your podcast, your favorite podcast. Anywhere you can find it, trust me, it's there. There's some weird ones out there that are absurd that I haven't heard of. We're on them. All right, Brandon Navarro signing out. See you later, guys.